Welcome to News Over Brews, the only podcast that breaks down the best of this week's pop culture over a nice cold beer. Sponsored by PopBreak.com. I am your host and moderator, Al Manorino. On this week's episode, we review the latest album from 311. We get the first bit of information of the new season of True Detective. And Trailer Talk returns where we get to see the first footage from Sin City 2 with Amy Kilfoyle. With me, as always, are these two other guys. Lucas Jones, Don't Go Chasing Waterfalls, and Ryan DeMarco. Listen, we're just going to creep. Creep. What is with all the TLC references, guys? I honestly have no idea what you're talking about. What, what's TLC? Well, let's move on. Uh, Lucas, this beer is uh, this, it's keeping me up. What's going on? Well, the reason this might be keeping you up, Al, is because we have a Morning Glory Espresso Stout. It is a 9% stout, um, as the name implies. It's brewed with a heavy espresso flavor. And normally when we encounter a coffee stout or an espresso stout, we say, oh, it's got a you know, little bit of a coffee flavor, or oh, it's got like a nice roastiness that you might find in like a you know, coffee bean or espresso bean. This beer actually tastes like they took a cup of espresso or Turkish coffee and they poured it right into the beer. It is almost more like a cup of coffee than it is like a beer. Um, it's full-bodied. It's rich. There's a hint of chocolate uh, that kind of lingers on the tongue. And all the flavors hide the 9% alcohol. So this is another one of those beers that is 9% but doesn't taste like it. So you should probably be careful with it if you're a lightweight or you're not used to something like this. If you're a fan of espresso or black coffee, I would say definitely go for this. It's not overly bitter. You're not getting like a burnt flavor or like a super roasted flavor. But, you know, you are getting essentially a cup of coffee in your beer that gets you drunk. So I would I would highly recommend this beer if you're a fan of espresso or any of the similar flavors. Um, now, I've had this beer before, so I've had the benefit of having experience. Ryan, Al, this is your first time trying this beer. What are your impressions? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, when I first took a nice sip of it, it was kind of, once again, it hit me, and, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker, but certainly I know this this drink would appeal to all coffee drinkers, anyone who is into caffeine and espresso especially. You just get that. I, I don't really taste the chocolatey flavor, the little hint that you got, Lucas, but uh, definitely coffee and espresso. Um, but I'm drinking it. I'm enjoying it. I might be uh, kind of struggling and getting to the bottom of it, but uh, I like it overall. It, it's a nice, it's a nice uh, after work beer. Al, what do you think? Um, I almost want to put some milk and sugar in it. It really is reminiscent of a like fresh pot of coffee. The smell, you know, the aroma you get just from smelling the glass or the bottle, and uh, the taste that it's got that aftertaste where. You're afraid to talk to someone because you're going to have coffee breath. It really is a... It's almost like drinking a cup of coffee, and, and it's an espresso stout, so you're, 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 you're getting that espresso flavor um, you know, that you only get... I have to take sips mid-review. Um, it's just... It's like addicting, honestly, just like coffee. Mm-hmm. It's got a very addicting... Uh, you know, we're already two beers in, and uh, I want to keep drinking more, but there's nothing left. So that is very unfortunate. Yeah, and like I said, it's it's from Old Dominion, and you can't miss the label. 
Um, the label is designed in like a World War Two kind of a thing, and it has like a World War Two styled pinup girl on the front. So if you're a history buff like I am, you get that extra level of enjoyment from seeing, you know, this type a of wall. Exactly, from seeing this type of, of art on the side of the box, which, for those of you unfamiliar, pilots used to paint pinup girls on the sides of their fighter planes or their bombers as a good luck charm before, you know, flying missions. So, definitely enjoyed it. Um, you can see pictures of it on our Instagram. And go out and pick some up. Sit back and enjoy. Moving into our first bit of pop culture news, we're going to talk about some TV news, uh, fans of the popular HBO show True Detective. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Um, the show just ended on Sunday, which is very depressing because uh, it's probably, since Breaking Bad, the best show on television, honestly. That was yeah. episodes of excellence. There was no filler, no BS. It was, from start to finish, great storytelling, great writing, great directing, uh, you know, and phenomenal acting from McConaughey and Harrelson. Oh yeah, definitely. A, a very sh- small but uh, very strong supporting cast as well. Now we're not going to review the season. Um, you can you can see that all over the internet. You know, people are kind of divided how the end, uh, the last episode ended. But what we're here to talk about is some details that have been revealed for this second season. Now, before we even saw f- the poster or any footage from the first season, we knew going in that we were only going to see these characters for two, uh, for one season. They said that it's an anthology series, that each each season, True Detective, it's not going to follow the same two people, or you know, it might not even follow two people the next season. It's all about new stories, uh, new cases, new detectives. So they've released the first bit of information for the second season. Uh, the uh, executive producer and head writer, uh, Nick uh, Pizzolatto. Yeah, Pizzolatto. Phenomenal writer, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. Um, but he has released information about uh, you know, very, very little information. But he said that the plot for season two may involve the secret occult history of the U.S. transportation system. Now, Rye, you watched all eight episodes. Uh, you marveled at the writing as well. Um, what do you think about this uh, this new season without its two stars? Well, I'll tell you what. This show, to me carried itself without the two stars. Uh, some things for success that they stuck with was they had the same writer, same director for all eight episodes, which I found, you know, when you watch like shows like The Walking Dead, like they kind of flop, you know, it's a different writer, different director, and sometimes that gives you stronger episodes or weaker episodes. This one, that's the main reason why this whole show kind of was on like one note, one strong note is because it, they're on the same page. The writer wrote all the episodes, the creator as well, same director, so they're kind of in sync all eight episodes. That's why they're, that's why it worked so well. And um, if they work together in season two, it could be another strong season. I, I, I bet. I mean, I don't know if they predicted it was going to be as big as it was, especially with the finale crashing HBO Go. Yes. Um, but what did you think? What did you think? Uh, what do you think about the second season without? McConaughey and Harrelson. Well, I think that kind of builds up the suspense. It builds up. It, that, that's a good. That, that that that's a good formula. I think you can get. Essentially, you can get anyone really, and you know they don't have to have too big of a commitment. Like you know McConaughey's now he's huge in movies. Like he, he had time. Well, this is kind of before his big breakout movies, but 
you can get actors that are so mainstream they could just do a quick season of this that are in these really talented actors. You're not kind of limited. You can just do... Well, now it's one of the, hot, like, the hottest properties oh, yeah. right now. So, I mean, I think everyone's going to be trying to jump on it. Are they going to stick with two... You know, are they going to stick with mainstream actors like these big A-listers like Don Harrison? Are they going to, you know, step back? I think, I think now that they got the name out there, they can get smaller actors if they want to. Yeah, I think maybe the second season, since it's going to be so highly anticipated, they might stick with two big actors. Maybe season three, they'll scale back a little bit. Cause Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg in True Detective. That would be season wonderful. <laughs> I mean, they would just they would just see the crime scene and then they would just they would just shudder away. Like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. I, I can't. Uh, I, can't I, I don't know. Right I, I gotta touch it. I, I gotta, <laughs> oh, oh, all right. But <laughs> here's hoping uh, HBO, if you're if you're listening, make this happen. True awkward. How True would you call that? That'd be phenomenal. Um, I think this is brilliant, though. Like, it's it's so such a good idea. And, and the creator too. He was he was pretty much a nobody before this show. He was he did small things and like. That's another thing. That's why the show is so successful. It came out of nowhere, and wasn't wasn't hyped up, you know, like Walking Dead is now, or like any other show that comes out, like like Gotham. That's gonna be really hyped when that comes out. I mean, it'll probably live up to it. But like this show, kind of was like a sleeper. Oh, definitely a sleeper. And even with those two big stars attached to it, um, you know, and HBO was pushing it, definitely with their, uh, you know, different trailers and all that stuff attached to. Thrones and everything, but like, um, it really, yeah, I agree. I agree with you. It definitely came out of nowhere and astonished. And I believe, and I've already posted this many times. If this show doesn't sweep the Emmys, it's a, like it's a crime. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I I honestly think that it's going to go the same route as American Horror Story and be treated as a TV miniseries. You know, not yeah. considered a regular series, especially because you know it's not an ongoing story that's told each season. It's a series of different seasons. So um, they can obviously, they can lock that in, mm-hmm. definitely. And then it's, who gets the, who gets it? McConaughey or uh, Harrelson? It's going to be, uh, yeah, toss-up. Now let's talk about the, the season two uh, plot details. It's the secret history of the United States uh, occult transportation system. Now, Lucas, you're a history major. Um, you haven't watched True Detective, but you might know something about this. Uh, what can you tell us? Well, Al, the history of the United States transportation system is actually pretty interesting. We begin our journey in the early 1800s. Great, no one cares. Yeah. I mean, do you know anything about the secret occult history of the United States transportation system? Well, if it's a secret, I wouldn't know about it. Great help. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Well, listen, we might not know that much information about where the season two is going to go, but if it's anything like the incredible first season... Wearing for a treat. Moving on to music news. Uh, very slow week in music news, but we decided to review the latest album from 311 entitled Stereolithic. Uh, Ryan, myself, and Lucas were big 311 fans. Uh, Ryan and I have seen them three times. Three times. Three counting. times. Um, and that's just because of monetary issues. We could see them every time if possible. But no, uh, we were really excited for the new album. Uh, the last... The last album came out a few years ago, a few years ago called Universal Pulse, and it was only like eight tracks, which was very disappointing for us. Not never enough. It's never enough, you know. So when I I actually got to interview the lead singer Nick Hexum for Popbreak.com about his solo project that he had uh, that he released his first album for in January, 
And he told me that the new album was more eclectic and that um, it was a 15-track album, which, I mean, that's one. Of, that's like their longest album in, like, years. And he said they felt really, really inspired when they were recording it. So I'm so excited to finally hear it. Uh, it was released. It's going to be released on March 11th. Um, so we got to hear it, um, you know, 311 day. And I, and I was blown away by it. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, I... You know, I've never seen 311 before. I've kind of listened to a track here, a track there. Um, but I I played the first track, which is Ebb and Flow, and immediately I was like, wow, this is heavy. I've always pictured 311 as like kind of a sublime-ish band. Like jam rock, you know, like Yeah, reggae. you know. But um, they have so many influences. So. And every track we listened to was heavy. Very heavy. was real heavy. And they do I'm, that perfect combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's like if Metallica and Sublime had a love child. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what it would be, and and I like that because it's it's easy listening, but it's not the floaty type of alt rock that seems to be permeating every mm-hmm. little corner of the internet. So I like that it combines like heavy music and like a heavier tone, but still with that kind of light, not too in your face kind of a thing. So I I really liked it. I thought a couple of tracks were pretty cool. Um, I didn't get to listen to the whole album through, so I can't comment on the solos. So I don't know. I don't know if they they play. You know, not not. You know, um, you got to go see their live show. They do solos. Oh I, I guess I'm gonna have it's to go so see the live good. show. But yeah, it, it seems cool. I, I'm gonna have to buy it again. It's one of those albums that I might buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, as someone who's had more experience with 311 than myself, what do you think? Uh, I think it's uh, they hit their mark with this one. This is certainly them coming back. To their roots, as you said, like, like Universal Pulse, I wasn't blown away by it. I really, I hardly listened to it. I, I a couple tracks here and there. This one, I can tell I'll be listening to until the next album comes out. I'll be listening to this one over and over again until we see them again. This one, like I said before, it's a perfect blend. It's fantastic. It, every song kind of grabs you. You can dance to it. You can sing to it. it, it it's just, it's, wow. Just what an album. Yeah, I mean. 15 years later, and these guys are still making this really Over kick. Kick. Almost over 20 years. Yeah. I mean, over 20 years, almost 20 years, and these guys are still making these kick-ass, heavy albums. And the great thing about 311 is, I mean, yes, they fall under, uh, fall under the same genres of Sublime and Pepper and Slightly, Slightly Stupid, Stupid and Soja and all those bands, but they, they, they have so many different influences. They have the rock, the reggae. You know this this heavy this you know it's kind of kind of metal influence with this heavy rock too as well and then there's the rap S A Martinez with his raps and even Hexum will you know Nick Hexum will even throw in those yeah, rap lyrics as it well up. Yeah. yeah they they are constantly pushing their genre and cr- you know they they almost set the bar for their own genre but I'm saying that they they never just try to make the same song twice they're yeah. not going to make Amber again. They don't want to. They don't need to make that song. They can have a slow song, but they can also change it halfway through the song and make it heavy, which is great. They, they and they do that. Do that yeah. uh, you can actually see my entire track-by-track review of the new album on popbreak.com, where I even mentioned that it's the most consistent album that they've made since 1997's Transistor. So check that out. Well, it's that time in the podcast. <laughs> what time is it, William Shatner? It's time for trailer talk. There's a trailer on the computer. <laughs> Some series of moving pictures and sounds. 
<laughs> that come together to form a narrative. Teasing, supple, but not overtly telling you the story. I, I didn't get to introduce William Shatner as our guest speaker. It's a pleasure to be here, Al. Now that Captain Kirk has officially stepped off the bridge, we can dive into this week in Trailer Talk. We're going to be talking about something we've been wanting to wanting to talk about. Oh, mama, for years. What is it, Al? Tell it us. Is tell us slow. The first trailer for the long anticipated trailer for Sin City 2 A Dame to Kill For. Now, for those of you who have never seen Sin City, the Shame phenomenal, on phenomenal neo-noir graphic novel adaptation masterpiece that was directed by Robert Rodriguez, Frank Miller, and guest directed by Quentin Tarantino for one scene. <laughs> we have been waiting for this movie for how many years, Rob? Nine years. I've been waiting for this gosh darn movie to come out. And finally, August 22nd, 2014, we will be graced with its presence on the big screen. I am so excited. August 22nd is my new birthday. It will be glorious. Sin City 2 takes place with three main stories. One, the main one is A Dame to Kill For, which stars Dwight, who was in the first one, with two other stories that were written specifically for this movie from Frank Miller himself. One would be a follow-up to the first movie with Jessica Alba taking revenge. The second one would be Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Johnny, who is who uh, amounts to a very big gambling debt, and it kind of goes along with his journey. The first one was very successful, and this one will surely do the same with a whole new plethora of actors, and as well as the same people reprising their roles, such as Mickey Work as the fan favorite Marv, and um, Jessica Alba, Jessica Alba as the a very fan favorite Nancy, and of course Bruce Willis making his comeback from the first one as Hardigan, the hardball detective. Now. I mean, obviously, we're huge fans of Sin City, and uh, this is really a this is a much needed comeback for Frank Miller. Not only has his comics haven't been that great since the '90s, like Sin City and his you know uh, Dark Knight Returns. I mean, Frank Miller was a pioneer for graphic novels. Wolverine, sure. Uh, yeah, Wolverine. I mean, he yeah. If you ever seen the, the the new Wolverine movie, he actually his story was the basis of that. Was his his artwork? Regardless, Frank Miller um, hasn't really been the same story wise since the nineties. I mean, Sin City he co-directed with Robert Rodriguez. It was such a huge success, and when he made his own standalone film, yeah, it was it was not it's what not was pretty. expected. It was almost it was a comedic Sin City with the spirit, and it was uh, you know if you have actually I think that annoyed fans. Out it there. annoyed fans, and you know he hasn't made a movie since. And you know he's obviously chosen to go back to go back to the well and you know make another success with Sin City. So we well, got the thing of it was not to cut you off. Of no, no, no. The thing of it was um, fans were actually really anticipating the second one for years, and they would often dodge questions about why they weren't making it. 
and it was just recently revealed that Robert Rodriguez said he was waiting for the technology to be, to be better than it was. Yeah, right? he said that Sin City was such a uh, you know groundbreaking film because of how much uh, green screen was used, and you know that the film looked, looked so real and so phenomenal that they made this you know this neo noir, this really like film noir, only using you know it was black and white film, but only using color when necessary. He said that he didn't want to do the same thing twice. Like he, you know, this film's going to be in 3D, so that's obviously you know 3D has gone a long way since the early 2000s, and he wanted the technology to advance more so he could, you know, he didn't want to make the same movie twice. I respect him for that. Absolutely, but nine years, come on, well, long it was, time. It was supposed to come out last last October. It teased everyone. Yes. Then they finally pushed it back to this August. With this trailer coming out, it looks it, it finally cements its place in history as coming out this August. And the first trailer that came out looks like they're back to form. It looks fantastic. You see a couple snippets of new actors. It's exciting. And us at News Over Brews cannot wait. Yeah. Now, Lucas, what did you think of the footage? Because we've kind of just put you in the corner. Well, I, th- I mean, I thought it was cool. I enjoyed the first Sin City. I haven't read the comics. I'm not a uh, Frank Miller aficionado like you guys are. So I'm just coming at it from the average movie getter. Mm-hmm. And as far as it goes, it, it looks pretty cool. I like the style of the first movie. So, you know, I'm down to see the second movie. Um, the one thing about the first movie, I got kind of lost a little bit halfway through. I kind of needed to watch it a few times. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming I'm going to need to do the same thing again. It's not a chore to watch it more than once. No. It was great. Well, this um, one's gonna be not. this one's gonna be taking place before and after the first one, so you're gonna yeah, so maybe, maybe a third or fourth maybe need, time, it needs right? ten to twelve viewings. Yeah, so just um, sit down in between me and Al will explain it to you. So it'll yeah. be like me watching Primal. Uh, I needed like four or five viewings to kind of get the gist of what's going on. Uh, you're gonna watch Primal eventually. Huh. Yeah, it's an illegal. Thing. Add to your list. Ooh, yeah. Not that kind of time travel. Is there another way to travel through time? Yes, it involves a lot of math. Wow, that's that's gonna put me to sleep. Um, so yeah, so I, I I'm excited. It seems cool, you know. I can't wait to see what some of the new actors bring. I saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's I, just, he's I, just a doll. I love JGO. Everyone I does. He, I, I think he's great. Um, so I, I really can't wait to see what he brings to the table in the next movie. Yeah, and uh, they, I think there was a quote from Frank Miller saying that like, since the first movie, Jessica Alba has become like fifty times like better actress so i mean you know she was she was crucial to the first movie but you know now she's taking more of a lead role in her story it's going to be all about her not all about bruce willis and her this is going to be all about her so it's going to be it's going to be great to see like lucas said to see these new characters with uh just more of it now we're going to see josh brolin playing the role of dwight mccarthy that was famously played by mr clive owen my only my in the first only film. complaint about the movie is why he, why Clive Owen's not. He in better it. make a cameo. That or would be amazing. I, I will revolt. I'll get up and I'll throw spoons and stuff at the screen. Yes, because I carry spoons with me in the movie theater. Well, I mean, if we're going to see a, a room, see, room, we're going to see the room. Yeah, yes, we're going to yeah. bring spoons, I guess, and a football, <laughs> and we're going to wear tuxedos. Well, because when you're with friends, you wear tuxedos, and you you stand three feet away from each other, throwing a football in an alley. That's what friends do. I did not. We're not talking about the movie. No. But I love Lisa so much. And she is so beautiful. 
Speaking of the room, I'm Al Manorino, and I'm fed up with this podcast. And I'm Ryan DeMarco, and you're nothing but the chicken. Cheep, 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 cheep. And I'm Lucas Jones, and you're tearing your pop, Lisa. Thanks for listening.